Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Poplar Propcast. This week, we're talking about bugs, and we're talking about bugs with Tom Clements of PestShare. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. We were talking right before we came on about the difference between having your face up in video and just the audio. So for the podcast, guys, you're just listening to the audio, but we, we do this on video so we can see each other's face. And he was mentioning that he has a frustration with texting for the same reason. Texting is nice, easy, and quick. But you are totally missing the tone. I know we were talking about this earlier, but the whole message that you're trying to convey, you, you got to be like 70% of it, right? We talk whatever the I mean, statistics are for yeah. metaverbal uh, meta communication and body language, et cetera, et cetera. But you're missing most of the message from the tone and the inflection that my voice is giving off, not just yeah. simply this big old long sequence uh, uh, literature that you write in the text, <laughs> like a book. Um, yeah. trying to convey some message it is it's yeah it's just too much so the short answer sure i get it but beyond that man i let's have some communication i think we're missing that i think the same thing happens though in a lot of the communications we're doing around product and services um in advertising sarcasm doesn't work really well in advertising <laughs> yeah. anything that's kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek or aspirational doesn't work really well so we bounce into that a lot of poplar where we're kind of going okay how do we convey the benefit over another company and kind of contrast those purely textually right so it's that same kind of thing yeah yeah okay yeah, so we... hey, go ahead. let's get into your background a little bit because i was i was googling you and the other the tom clements that popped up first was a canadian football league quarterback and then i think he coaches in the nfl now for quarterbacks but he that's the only tom clements i found until i, I bounced around okay pest share let's find tom yeah, so yeah. with that, can you go through kind of your your background before Pest Share, like where where you came from? Because I see your jersey in the back, so you're you're sports guy. I am. Uh, so my my story is probably not that dissimilar from a lot of people out there. I mean, it's filled with hardship and triumph and lessons learned, and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I but it. It doesn't mean that it's not unique or important to uh, each of us as an individual um, as we go through those life lessons, right? So growing up early on, uh, great family, right? Uh, I mean, this is like, we're starting at the very beginning. We could skip yeah, a, lot are, of, a lot of that. Is this in Idaho? Were you always in Idaho? No. Uh, so I grew up, well, military family. So so everywhere. Had, yeah. So I lived in Germany. So right after birth, we moved to Germany. Um, we lived there for about five years. My brother, who was also co-founder, partner of mine, uh, was born in Germany. And then we bounced around, you know, from state to state, New York, um, Washington, I don't know where else, wherever else, but Washington, I grew up for most of my life. Is that and, state? Yeah, Washington State. Yeah, correct. And so we lived in like central Washington um, for a good majority of the time. On reservation, actually, in Wapato, Washington, if anyone knows what that is. But I, uh, I was kind of this nice kid, right? I was very uh, kind of honestly early on. I wasn't shy about meeting people, but I was also very unwilling to create confrontation um, with anybody. So I ended up getting it handed to me quite quite often. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think the uh, well? That's <laughs> All right. Um, do you think that, so I've met a lot of kids that moved around in the military and families that move around the military 
And I think it does make you make friends quicker because you either make friends or you're kind of, you're lonely. Like, yeah. Cause you only yeah. have that window of time. So, yeah. and, and I was uh, honestly, I like my mom, I don't know. We're probably diving in a little bit deep into my, uh, <laughs> my history, but my mom always said that, uh, Thomas, everybody, I know I'm Tom now, but Thomas was always the kid who was like, hi, you want to be my friend? Uh, when I was just a little kid and even, even, to, okay. So let's, let's fast forward a few, a few, uh, years. Well, I think, I think your mom's right. I mean, you still very much have that quality. When we met, um, at the NARPUM event, I, you're just out there talking to everybody. You're very, uh, gregarious and outgoing for sure. Well, I appreciate that. I think it's not outside of my comfort zone. I think the thing that is outside of my comfort zone is trying to be, let's call it upscale than I am. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a pretty low key person. Uh, I don't like to be always high level, always high stress. Uh, I am one of those business owners that really kind of run off feel and gut. Uh, and getting to know people is not a statistic. It's a, it's a feel. Right. And, and this is where I, I think a lot of people fall short is trying to find that balance of statistics. And what does your gut tell you? Right. I mean, especially with a lot of predictions, but yeah. so I went, yeah, I went to high school, a few different high schools, played some football there. Uh, and then, uh, played football at Washington state university for a little while and then got injured, uh, blew out my knee, um, uh. right before my first start actually. Uh, in Colorado at Quest Stadium in Seattle, just I had my whole family there. I had my school there, oh. and I rolled up in a wheelchair. Um, oh man, it was, it was a pretty well bummer. And that was it. Then tried to recover, couldn't do it. And to this day, my knee is just shot. Um, I had a replacement a couple years ago. So this is when kind of life said you're going to have to figure things out. Uh, cause I thought my only talent was football, um, or sports. And this well, is a hard decision when you feel that everything is, yeah. uh, that you were made to do, uh, just kind of gets taken away from you. Yeah. And so when you, you so I, I went to, um, added a major. So then I went into, I was originally psychology, went into neuroscience as well. Thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, that didn't pan out. I'm not that smart. Um, didn't want to put that kind of time into it anyway. So I ended up saying, you know, what can I do that utilizes a friendly nature, if you will, right? An ability to just yeah. have conversation. So I ended up selling door to door and pest control and was pretty good at it, I found. So then I thought, I'll do this for a few years. I could start my own thing. That's when I brought in my brother to be a business partner with mine. I'm convinced him to actually forego med school um, to huh. do this with me and say, you know, we can be business owners. And yeah, pest control, never sexy. It's not one of those things that anybody say, man, I wish I was a bug guy. Uh, I own a pest <laughs> control business. But we, we did, we grew it. And then one day ended up uh, getting a letter from our current business partner, Landon. Yeah. And he was at, he was, you know, just, you know, one of those general, uh, uh, 
uh, acquisition request letters. Hey, you want to, you know, grab a bite? You want to chat? Uh, be interested in um, purchasing you if you have any, if you'd like to get together and if that's even up your alley. So I was like, is he looking at buying your contracts? Like your yeah. book of business? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> okay. so, and just kind of, you know, he's trying to grow his business and through acquisition, like, you know, a lot of us do out there. Um, I yeah. know done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so we went to dinner or we went to breakfast actually and really just kind of ended up hitting it off and kind of through this whole process do we want to buy him out um and then him you know feeling out do i want to buy do i want to be buy these guys out and just the you talk about a brotherhood that was formed like right out of the gates that that was that that was that instance like you, you cannot find a better group of guys to work with when they're all quite different like all of us are social and can have conversation wait was landon on the way to being a doctor at some point because i feel no, like that's a yeah, thing yeah, no. landon <laughs> uh i'm gonna call i'm probably gonna call landon out here he's like landon uh went to college just to just to get through it <laughs> just to oh, go. Yeah. he always knew that he wanted to be an entrepreneur uh okay. he, he was he was always going to be a, be a business owner in some fashion anyway. So he, he was, he just went to college more for the experience of it. Um, I think he was a general studies major um, for the most part. Ah, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Landon. Um, that one's right, fair. We'll get, we'll get Landon on to set the record straight and clear. I know. It's like, Tom, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Just, <laughs> but so it comes in like Brian May is like, no, it was astrophysics. I don't know what I you're know, talking right? about. <laughs> I'm a theoretical physicist. You didn't know this? <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah. Okay. So you I, didn't talk about school in the breakfast. We got it. Yeah. So then we really, what it ended up coming down to is we decided to see if we can do a merger. Uh, and that's what we did. <laughs> uh, we just combined forces and said we could take on the world together. Uh, and at that time, really, it was just pest control. Uh, as a very as a local company here in Idaho, Boise, Idaho area, Treasure Valley, yeah. and then Pest Share was kind of this brainchild of Landon's that really had no backbone uh, or structure to it. It was just kind of this theory, this this idea. We actually at the time we called it the the five dollar plan because um, <laughs> we didn't have a name for it. And right. once we started kind of reaching out because. We would service a lot of property managers, uh, residents, just as a regular pest control company. Which, right? So people that are renting the property that just go, I want to make sure I don't have bugs and bugs. rodents. Yeah, but pest control is on the resident, so the likelihood right. of them reaching out to us very often is fairly low because pest control is expensive on a case yeah. by case um, or recurring instance. It's spending, especially mm -hmm. uh, if you're renting. Um, and for a property that you don't own yourself. Right. So your value to that property is usually ends at the point of it's, I got a roof over my head and right. as long as I'm comfortable and good enough, that's good enough. Whereas a home, you typically a homeowner is like, I love my property. I want to take care of it, whether it is um, a lifelong endeavor to be in this property, or I'm going to flip it um, and sell it at some point as well. Right. Like there's a lot right. of, greater value to a homeowner than a renter, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think there's that asset question. And the one that came up all the time in inspections is termites. But yeah. beyond termites, the number of animals that can nest in weird places in your house 
depending on where you're at in the country is insane. Everything from bats and owls to, you know, bugs and moles. Oh my gosh. Anything and everything. I mean, if you got a, I mean, no home is sealed up perfectly. You open the door quite often. How often are you staring to see if a fly, you know, creeps in on the, in the doorway or a garage door that's open and mice creep on through, or even just underneath the siding. I mean, ants, spiders, you can fit your finger up in there. You think they can't fit in there? Um, So yeah, I think, all the, that. I think the craziest carry around pest that we had was when I was a kid, we'd drive around in, for the summer in a motorhome and we went to uh, Jebediah's in the Red, the Redwoods where it's like, it looks like Dagobah. It's where they film some of the Star Wars movies, but the branches have these vines that hang down and touch the roof of the cab. Mm-hmm. And so we picked up mice in the Redwoods that came down through the roof and lived in the walls of the motorhome for like the rest of the trip. They'd, great, the, they'd make bedding in the toilet paper. They'd eat food. And it was just, it was super annoying. And yeah. you can't put out traps because anywhere you put them, you're going to step. <laughs> it was yeah. really, it just waited till the end. And then eventually they ran away when there's no food. Oh, yeah. And, and it's it's that part of it that is hard to deal, of, deal uh, on our own yeah. as a, uh, just a, a standard customer versus... Mm-hmm. You know, if I try to apply pest control or everything by myself, sure, we can go to the store. And how effective can we be? How much does everybody know about yeah. the actual treatment of pest control or the proper use of products? Right. My experience is very, is very little. Um, this is why professional service is the way to go. And frankly, we see this in the world anyway. Service uh, is getting higher and higher and higher. Um uh, on the list as a homeowner and a renter is like the less I have to do on my own, yeah, the better it is because professionals know exactly where to start, not just yeah. in simple application of whatever the process that they're doing. Sometimes it's literally the flick of a switch because I flipped the wrong switch, but they knew where to start. You're not paying right. for just the fix. You're paying for the knowledge of what, right. right. And that's kind of where we come into play as well, because property management if pest control in this scenario is on the residents, I'm not going to tell you much about my problem because as a property manager, you're either going to say, yes, we would love to help you out. But as you know, your lease states, pest control is on you. Um, here's a list of vendors or some people that we've liked that used in the past. Right. Feel free to give them a call. Well, now the work to get a hold of them is on them. Maybe the price point is not something that I like as a resident. So now I got to shop around. And then I don't really, oh, maybe, and then the timeline to get somebody out there isn't something that is suitable for me. So then I say, you know what, this is too much. I want to go to the store. And then sure, I get something, I kill it quick, but that's just kind of masking the problem. And so I don't take care of the source. So these things end up coming back. And then next thing I know, when I move out, I'm trying, I'm I'm a renter, I'm getting hit with a bill or that is, I thought was taken care of, uh, but all these things found their way back in. And then I, as a property manager, I got to move it on over to the owner. Uh, but I'm probably going to foot that bill early on because I don't want that problem to exacerbate. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera right. So this is kind well, of it hits, it hits the owner for sure in the turn. Cause if the turn's taking another week, cause you've got to do an extermination or God forbid a tenting, you're, yeah. you're locked out of using that property for a little bit longer. So it kicks the revenue for the owner for sure. And that cost is getting thrown back at the tenant. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And they don't, I mean, yeah. You can't draw water from a dry well, as the saying goes, right? Like yeah. half the time, I mean, and we all know that hiking up prices uh, for uh, residents 
is not a scenario that anybody likes to do as a PM. Like, I don't want to charge you more, but this is life. And as a resident, I don't want to pay more because I, you know, I don't have the means at this moment or, or whatever the scenario. And then money management is a whole nother topic for everybody, but yeah, um, that's not our job, right? Our job isn't to tell them how to manage their money. Our job is to uh, help them with what they are, uh, what they are utilizing as services from us as PMs, as service providers. As as a property manager, we really sit in the middle and act as a mediator between the owner and the resident to maximize the value for both. For the resident, that's the value and convenience of living in the home. And for the owner, that's the value and convenience of not having to worry about any of this stuff. Right, exactly. Right, so yeah, 100%. That's a key word that you say there too, value, because often we confuse value and price. 100%. hundred percent. And I cannot, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine because we even, so, you know, and I, I'm CRO. Well, yeah, I didn't say this at the beginning. Tom's the chief revenue officer over at yeah. PetShare. So he's in charge of making sure the money works. Yeah. The money works. We get money in, we uh, do the sales, marketing. Um, I have smarter people that also work with me on marketing who are better <laughs> than, I, than I am. But the biggest part of it is value is different to everybody. Whereas price is static. Right, you can adjust mm-hmm. price up and down, right? But value changes can from time to time for an, each individual or collective um, over time. The value yeah. for uh, actually the the monitor that I'm watching you on right now. When I was in college, oh, Jesus. I didn't care yeah. how much it was. I wasn't going to buy it, or I couldn't afford it. Yeah. That value was low, right? Yeah, I didn't care really where yeah. that price hit, right? But right. now the value is way higher. Even the price point probably hasn't changed that much. The same thing goes here. If I'm a property manager and I mean, you guys do resident benefit packages or some kind of ancillary service for either owners and or residents. Mm -hmm. Well, what is the value that you are providing for the resident? Right. Right. What is the value that you are getting in return for providing this? Right. Right. That's kind of the topic that we're trying to hit. Um, and I know second nature, um, and I did a little shout out to them with a uh, Thad and Andrew and whatnot, but that value, they, 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 they kind of coined that term triple win, right? Yep. It's very, yeah, they're really good at it. How do I get you to benefit? Well, there's a financial benefit from this. There's also alleviation standpoint from having happy residents in comparison to, well, the inverse of not happy residents. I mean, why do you, why do you think uh, CSTAT scores for uh, uh, property managers aren't very high? Yeah. Right? And it's yeah. because they always feel like a resident, a resident always feels like they're getting reamed. Right. Right. But now we can add value to something. And obviously I'm going to be pretty biased in this, but that's a hundred percent where I think Peshire sits is right. We have a solution to a problem that nobody really even knew existed because it was a handoff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Say, you're welcome, resident. Now you have pest control for crazy cheap. And you're welcome, PM. You don't have to deal with complaints that ever come your way. It's not like we're solving a ton of work order uh, issues uh, for you because pest control might be, what, 3 to 7% of your actual work orders that come through? Right. Yeah, we're not saying you have a money issue in this scenario. We're saying that you have a satisfaction issue with this. And why the heck wouldn't you want to increase your, uh, your, your price per door anyway? I mean, yeah. yeah, sure. Acquire more doors, you know, grow your business uh, with door acquisitions. But at the same time, if you're going to have a better revenue per door, 
that has also been official last yeah. time I checked, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is this is something we're seeing more and more in the industry is as single family specifically consolidates more and more and kind of gets these bigger, broader players where a property manager conventionally usually has, you know, 50 to 100 doors is a pretty normal yeah. property manager. The ones that clear 100 doors, that's kind of what they're doing and not much else. Uh, but then there's so many people that are self-managed. Like 10 million single family homes are still managed mom and pop where it's yeah. the people that own the property go and do stuff. So if they're doing the pest control in some cases and going, I'm going to go take care of my asset, right? Yeah. So, But as we see that scale continue to aggregate, it's very similar to what happens with apartment buildings is where when you hit a certain size of apartment building, you are going to have a pest control person that comes on the regular. You have to. And that benefit comes from the the scale, right? So it's harder to do on onesies, twosies, but the bigger the block you have, the easier it is to make the argument. It's yeah. very much in that insurance space, which is kind of how you guys sit, right? Yeah, we, we operate similarly. Obviously, we don't do any kind of deductibles or anything like that. We offer a flat right, right, right. rate. Um, to the PM that you choose the package for, right? That you want that you allow your residents to, to to use, right? Simple enough. The resident will then use our platform because we are, the biggest thing that really kind of separates the part is our software, right? Mm -hmm. You operate as a uh, SaaS uh, SaaS company because the right. software makes their life easier, life easy for all their analytics, getting the data reporting, um, even our su survey that we started setting out. We see what do people want uh, as a resident that they are willing to pay for, for for as an added benefit for ancillary services? Pest control ranks one. Uh, actually, it's ranking two as I sit right now out of all the list of prop uh, ancillary services out there, right? And it's right behind um, uh, lawn care. But nobody has a great answer for lawn care because what are you looking no. at? Forty, fifty dollars a week for for mowing and main, maintaining that lawn. Well, pest yeah. control kind of sitting the same thing on a monthly basis. Forty, fifty bucks a month. Now we go down yeah. to five and fifteen bucks. Like, holy crap, that's yeah, super cheap. <laughs> and I can get these yeah. things taken care of that are nuisances. I mean, within a within a range of pests, like, jeez, uh, yeah, deal. <laughs> yeah. So when you're talking about your software, and this is uh, full disclosure to the people listening at home, we are not currently in a contract with Pest Share. We've evaluated them as a vendor. Um, that is on the operation side. I'm on the marketing side, so I don't get to make that choice. But just know that that's all happening whilst we're doing this this uh, this podcast. Um, so, from a, an operations point of view, though, when you talk about your software, uh, does your software sit outside of other people's systems? Does it integrate in the systems? What's what's going to be an interaction for the resident and the property manager with your software? So right now, it sits outside. Uh of your current um, property management software. The integrations are coming and frankly, I mean, we're what, two years old? Um, not even that, actually two years old as a company. So all those integrations- are crawling, are crawling and getting in all kinds of trouble. Yeah, exactly right, exactly. And so, uh, you know, having an open API, obviously everybody talks that, um, using Zapier for integrations as well, like it's, it really kind of depends on what we're trying to do. We are currently in the process of creating an AI uh, that is also going to make everything easier. That, um, and I, I, I probably won't disclose too much on it, but this is going to allow pest identification 
to be super simple okay. for property managers and yeah. residents out there. Um, again, so are you leaning kind problem. of the direction? And you can stop me if I'm going too far. We're not under NDA, so we're just talking. But if yeah. you, uh, if so, I've seen a lot of apps that are for um, weeds and also apps that are for like botanists, where you take a picture of the plant and it's like, oh, this is what it is. Yeah, this is what you need. This is how you identify this. Your plant is lacking water. Your plant needs right. more sun. Mm -hmm. Or oh, this is a shade plant needs less sun, etc. Exactly. There are concepts that we are utilizing in that area and because it doesn't exist right now um uh, for pest control so we're we're working on yeah we're working on that avenue yeah this yeah this this whole field we could do a whole thing talking about it because I mean, between, yeah, the, the software aspect yeah, of it is it's crazy for us because that's something that really separates us from being a service company uh, especially when other uh like right now we're really the only one in the space only name in the space that actually does anything as far as ancillary revenue, uh, resident benefit packages or owner benefit packages for pest control. And it's the utilization of software that allows us to really nationally map this versus staying very yeah. isolated, local and create these and getting away from these manual processes of like right. you know, work orders. Uh, and, and, well, and just well, here, you know, I, I can make a, I can make a direct comparison. There's a vendor that we use sometimes called Inside Maps. And they'll go out and they scan the home. But when they're done with the scan of the home, they run it through AI. And the AI recognizes surfaces and uh, wall types and paint and stuff. So it'll give you all of the surface area by room of how much wall and ceiling there are for when you're buying paint. It'll give you all the surface area that's tile. It'll give you all the surface area that's carpet. So if you're recarpeting, you don't have to send a guy out once for the quote and once for the job. You go, here's what the software says. Add 10%. Go for it. Exactly. And you're saving a full trip, right? And you also save when they go out and they go, oh, no, it was this much. And you're like, no, no, look at my maps. It was not. Yeah. So protects no, on both sides. It's so true. And unfortunately, here, and I mean, oh, man, this is a whole nother topic. But <laughs> software makes everybody's life easier. And we know that it takes, you know, a pretty penny to get it all up and running and financed. But when it comes down to it, why are we trying to utilize software? It's because if we think about the job force, the workforce out there, yeah, it's unfortunately unreliable. I mean, even myself, <laughs> I could have called in sick today and said, I don't want to do this podcast um, kind of in my head, right? But I want to call yeah. in sick. I'm, I'm not feeling well. Oh, the lighting in my house is just not right. Or you know, whatever <laughs> excuse I can make up, right? Yeah. Um, people are just unreliable. Now, that does not apply to everybody. But... In, in, right, in a market see. where you have to rely yeah. on people, if I can replace some of that with software, I speed yeah. up my I, I, I speed up my uh, my processes. I can get mm -hmm. the jobs done quicker, obviously more efficiently, which then what is in turn better it's, revenue generation and money back in yeah. the pocket for us. It's what the military calls a force multiplier. It makes it so that one of your employees acts as three employees. And exactly. the software enables them to be more efficient. I mean, I, that's the model that we're using too, is we go in and find property managers and with our systems, our backend, we're able to make those same people that can handle 200 houses handle 2000 houses. And that's exactly. the same thing that you're talking about with software, where these things aren't necessarily built to replace people. They're built to make people more efficient yeah. and hey. take away some of the stuff that's just kind of, oh, well, I've never seen that before. I'm going to have to call a different guy. Yeah. Exactly right. right. I like don't it have takes to. expertise and programs it. I mean, you look at um, even just the models uh, 
uh, well, I, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now when um, I remember an ad on TV said, make banks compete with each other. Um, and it was showing all the price comparisons right then and there. And I know no, early on, nobody really trusted that model. And then well, you find out when everybody's calling around, it's like, yeah, that is what is being offered. Um, yeah. Holy cow. So now I can see everything right here. Awesome. I don't have to go shopping around and find this thing. That's the yep. same thing. Right. I don't have to shop around yeah. for pest control anymore. I know what I'm getting. And frankly, I mean, nobody else is doing it. So um, that's that's easy enough. And we know uh, competitors will be coming around. Um, actually, we've already started to see them pop up, which is uh, good news for us, I guess, and bad news. It's we just got to stay uh, ahead of the curve, whereas yeah. that's what we're doing, I guess. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Find the compelling offerings, buy and integrate. Just do what Facebook did, but don't kill Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, oh gosh, yeah. I'm like, man, we got a lot of topics we'd always run down, that's for sure. Yeah. So as you guys kind of sit in this <laughs> this pest share space, how do you normally go about acquiring new property manager clients? Because most of your clients are the customers of property managers, right? You're not direct to resident, or are you also that? So we're not direct to resident yet. There's another, <laughs> there's another avenue that we are also turning, allowing residents to um, upgrade on their own. Um, so if you're a property manager and you offer one of our packages, um, it's right now it sits at five, fifteen, twenty-five dollars. Um, we're adding another one in there as well. Um, but you pick one for your portfolio or the markets that you're in. So you sell, you have these three options as it sits right now, right? And then if right. you're for you guys, you're in multiple markets, right? So yeah. usually these smaller, um, the smaller organizations, uh, they might have one, uh, they can pick from the three and they'll have one plan for their portfolio. Whereas someone like you guys, um, they're a little bit larger and in multiple markets, they can have different um, packages for different markets. Um, so maybe I have the $5 one, which includes things like bed bugs, fleas, ticks, mites, weeples, and whatnot. Um, and then 51 adds roaches, um, mice and rats and uh, ants to it, and then et cetera, et cetera. The 25 is kind of like the whole shebang. But if if I'm in Seattle, because I know you guys are in C uh, the Seattle market uh, in that area anyway, uh, yeah. and they have a huge issue with, uh, uh, yeah, let's pick some mice and rats, right? Well, that's in our $15 package. So you might go that route, which is why we kind of did that. That's what most people end up being with. But maybe then I go inner city, uh, San Francisco, and I have some maybe call it lower class properties that are just dealing with bed bugs, and maybe not even lower class. It's just I have a bed bug pandemic going on, and this is my big focus. Uh, and nothing else really seems to be much visual. They don't pick, pick the five dollar plan over there, and then I'm in Alabama or something, and I uh, I just deal with everything. So then I went to right. twenty five. Right? Your your choice is your market. You just put it out there. Uh, you just choose by your market. Um, makes it flexible. Makes it easy. Uh, well, frankly, it simplifies your guys' life uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. Because then we're not dealing with it on the turn, which is always yeah. where the property manager is really going to find out about it, especially when you're talking about bugs. A lot of people will get a can of raid and some rat traps and mice or ant traps or ant baits and then put yep. them out and they go, cool, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. With and that's no extensive. idea how extensive the problem is. Yeah. They remove well, the symptom and not the underlying it's, it's for ants, especially. I mean, you're usually when you see ants, it's typically just the tip of the iceberg for ants. I mean, they're, they're large colonies and yeah. 
then what we've also seen is the idea again goes back to our pest identification is the identification of ants is not always as easy as it sounds so termites have wings that look very similar to ants and then if it's very hard to tell sometimes uh outside you know you got to know the wing lengths um you, you know their antennae are straighter versus crooked for um for ants and whatnot but ants well, also have well, wings. ants normally get wings when they swarm and kind of move or they're ants yeah. that just always have wings so yeah they're reproducers um and they'll when they swarm they'll have the wings and everything like that but again the identification of them yeah for most people is hard um right out of the gate some people will claim it as termites i've got termites it's like actually no yeah i'm lucky you're just they're just ants or hey, i've got ants um curling around all over my house and so it's like um no those are termites uh, we got a problem kind of thing <laughs> yeah. and so this is what we are designed to help with instead of just doing it yourself knowing what the problem is knowing how to trace the source of the issue and properly and effectively treat the issue that's what a professional service provider brought brings to you having access to that professional service provider that is what the software does for you gotcha what's the weirdest thing you've had reported of being pulled out of a house like the weirdest bug or critter or or large i don't know what what's the weird weird stories so, that you tell people to scare about cocktail parties yeah okay there's there's two um one of them one of them is very pest share advocacy, um, if you will. Okay. So when we first started, um, which kind of this aha moment, uh, there was a property uh, management company around us uh, that had a multifamily complex. And one of their uh, tenants, residents, reported to them that they had bed bugs. And so we went in there and we took care of the problem. Um, looked at adjacent units, make sure that those are treated and everything like that, and then come back. And they came back. And I was like, what? How in the world? So then we sent a sniffing dog out um, that is trained to- That can sniff bed bugs? Yeah, they can sniff What can bed. it sniff? What's that? What can it sniff? It can sniff bed bugs? Oh, yeah. It can sniff bed bugs and, and the pheromones that they leave behind and, and everything. So it turns out 18 units were affected um, and having bed Jesus. bugs. So before pest share existed, right? That was like something to a, an 18. That's like something to the effects of almost a $36,000 bill um, or 30,000. I can't remember exactly what it was. A lot of money, more money than anybody wants to pay. Right. Yeah. But yeah. now imagine that pest share is on that. I don't have a resident afraid to make a claim because I'm going to get charged with this thousand uh, dollar bill per, per yeah. kind of per unit or, or more, depending on the severity. That now costs me as a resident nothing because it's already within my rent. It's already baked in. Right. Um, so yay me. Now as a property manager, I'm not trying to pass that bill on to the owner. Right. Definitely not going to be happy about getting a, I mean, even $10,000 bill, right? No, nobody wants to pay that. Like, heck no. We try to prevent right. those things. That's what this is. That's what that helps with. And again, if I don't have to pay anything out of pocket, why the heck wouldn't I use it? Then the other story is just when I was very early on in pest control. Um, Wait, I got I got to ask because I'm fascinated by this. How long have bug dogs been around? Uh, I don't even know the answer to that one. Um, okay, is it is it a specialist you call out that's a bug dog guy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you you do have to have a specialist for a dog. I had no idea what um, how long they are. I just know that they exist, and if they exist, I'm just utilizing the service, right? <laughs> 
then when I, like I said, it was early on in pest control, uh, I went into this apartment complex, uh, pretty, pretty low level apartment complex. Um, and, and I kid you not, I mean, I, I can't even describe how bad it was. Like, it's just absolutely impossible. But there were, I mean, bed bugs like soft, furry places, tight corners and everything like that, like, you know, beds and under the yeah. edges of bed mattresses and whatnot. No, no. Every single unit that I went into had bed bugs visible just from the walk-in. All right. Um, On top ew. of that, I remember a couple of the units, the cockroaches were so bad. And this is in Washington. Cockroaches were so bad that as you step in through the door, all you start to hear is crunch. And I, I'm. this is not even an exaggeration. It feels like it is. It was just, yeah, it was so disgusting. Actually, when I even <laughs> got home. I told my wife that story and she didn't let me come in the door. Good thing we lived in the country. Uh, just leave you outside and hose you yeah, off. I had to strip outside and put everything uh, um, in, in a bag just to make sure I didn't have anything on me. So that was, that was fun. But uh, anyway, yeah, it was, those were kind of probably the craziest things that I've ever had to experience outside of just there's some obviously pretty gross things that you can deal with now i rarely was ever as a technician i only had to actually be involved with actual treatment of it a few times most of it i was just on the sales aspect of it but still it's gross yeah that's pretty gross um have you ever eaten bugs <laughs> um yeah you can get chocolate covered crickets and all that stuff now. yeah yeah talking about it viable protein so chocolate covered grasshoppers and frankly, the chocolate is so strong that you don't taste like the actual grasshopper uh, or anything in it, but the crunch is offsetting. So, it, and, and then you just start, I mean, if you let your mind wander, you definitely start thinking about a lot of gross scenarios and I definitely did. So even though it didn't taste bad, I don't, I, I really can't handle the idea of it. <laughs> And then, yes, right. I mean, I actually, I think as a kid, I remember being dared. I was probably, I was in elementary school, um, dared to eat a worm. And I ate a worm, even though it's oh, a actual <laughs> bug. But I remember eating a book called How to Eat Fried Worms when I was a kid. It was oh, a young yeah. adult book, right? Yeah. yeah. Was Were you eating worms in relation to that or you're just eating worms? Oh, uh, you know, I um, I told you I couldn't go to med school for a reason, and that's part of it. it was... <laughs> You're the weird worm kid. Yeah, I was the, I was uh, the worm. <laughs> who who would have known right. that that would have led to my opportunities in pest control and and then pest share, and here we are now. I'm just kidding. it's fascinating. It's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah. um, so if people want to find you, if people want to come and get a hold of pest share and log it up, lob it up for their property management or for their portfolio properties. How they get a hold of you? Yeah, so. Pestshare.com slash property managers is the website. Go in there. You can get a hold of most of us. Uh, most of our sales team. Uh, Jake Taylor is my BDM who kind of handles all of our sales team and everything. And he can help you out with that. But also myself, I'm heavily involved with it uh, still as we speak. But I mean, yeah, let's just I mean, have a conversation. Whether it fits, it's right for you or it's not the right timing, that's that's for the discussion to handle. The one thing that I would want to, I'm going to caveat this with a, uh, with discussion. Yeah, go for it. I know that we, as property managers, we do rely, uh, go back to the statistic comment that I made earlier. We rely heavily on statistics and we try to predict the future of what's going to happen. And 
action is key. So what I teach my sales guys, um, actually, and throughout their whole company is the objection model, right? If I'm going to take action on something, what is, you got to think, what, what is the worst possible scenario, right? And then start trying to work your way back to the positives, right? Now, the problem that most people fall into is they take the worst possible scenario and start scaling that to that this worst possible scenario is going to be 60, 70% likelihood when, when in reality, it's probably a 5% um, problem. But that is, we convince ourselves that this is an issue and that it ends up being self-fulfilling prophecy to say that this is the problem that I predicted. And because we try so hard to stay away from it that we do all the mistakes to to go into that model. And usually it comes down to, well, my residents, um, I don't want to charge them more. They're not going to want this. Um, just resident benefit packages in general, right? Or, um, uh, well, what about increase? What about churn or um, lease latencies uh, or anything like that? Like those are non-existent um, in putting resident benefit packages. That is a market model, and the market is always going to fluctuate. Adaptation is is key, right? Yes, have some predictors. Um, do it best to predict the you know be a <laughs> prognostication for the future, but at the same time. This is why I say go with the gut a lot of time, because if the worst case scenario is like, man, that's, I cannot see that happening. Take action. Because the one yeah. thing I cannot stand personally in our business is just stagnant. Um, yeah. just sitting there waiting for something to happen or waiting for something good to happen. It's never going to happen. It's like, take yeah. action, get it done. <clears throat> and if something bad does happen, well, at least you had the foresight to think about it. You can fix it early, but if you never took the time to actually sit down and think about the process, you're not going to be ready for it. Yeah, I think, and you being the revenue officer, I think really makes sense for you to think about it that way because you have a lot of perception around property events with probability versus possibility, and then the cost and revenue on the other side. So it becomes this arbitration model where you're trying to figure out, okay, well, yeah, it cost me five bucks, but on the other side, if it goes bad, it costs me five grand. Like yeah. this, this is a no brainer for me to jump into this. Like, I think you've done a really good job at kind of arbitrating that, that space and sitting right into it and going, look, this is all the outlay. Yeah. But look at the possible upside for that occurrence, which is low, but yeah. you're covered for quite a long time for that same expense. And then you don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. That cost benefit uh, ratio is, is key. Like, yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if I got, five dollars and I got a thousand properties that I'm charged. Yeah, it cost me five thousand um dollars. But technically that five dollars is already ours anyway. You owe us that. So your charge on top of it, whether it be a dollar to five, usually we see a five dollar increase, is yours. So now you have a five dollar increase that you're making. So you're also making five to thousand dollars. Let's say only eighty percent of those adopt um because uh, let's say you go to the owner side of it and you do an opt-out model and 80% opt-in, even though we see closer to like 93%, um, you're still winning. You're still way on the upside and yeah. those doors that aren't active, you're not being charged for anyway. Really? You're, you're right. Like you said, it's a no-brainer. There is not a real downside. We just overplay with all things that we do often, especially in business because we're at risk. And now we're business owners for a reason. You know, risk aversion is real. 
but we're also willing to usually go after it and take that risk. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think a safer spot to kind of be. Uh, and, And just again, use the stats to aid in your gut call. That's kind of where I, I usually go with. With that, we'll kind of leave it to you listeners to kind of track them down. If you want to get a hold of Tom and find out more about PestShare, jump over to PestShare.com. If you guys need some property management services, you can find us at poplar.home slash POD. That's poplar.home slash POD. Say goodbye to the nice people, Tom. Bye.